Hey listeners, do you enjoy the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast? How about nominating this for the best local podcast in Dayton, Ohio? Visit Dayton.com slash best of Dayton, click on the nominate button, choose the entertainment category, scroll down to best local podcast, then type the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast and finish with a click on the nominate. It's free and just requires your email address. Every nomination helps. The nomination process runs from November 11th until December 15th, 2019. If there's enough nominations, this podcast will run on another poll starting in January 2020. Let people know that you enjoy the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, made proudly in Dayton, Ohio, proudly covering local Cincinnati and Dayton sports. The Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Episode 123, and we find out who hoists state titles in Southwest Ohio. We also cover the first week of the playoffs and prepare you for week 12 of Ohio High School Football. This is the podcast talking Cincinnati and Dayton sports. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen and the podcast at Cindy Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mowen. Welcome back, listener. It's great to have you aboard for episode 123. Please excuse the quality of my voice, because I am sick, battling a sinus cold, thanks to the wonderful weather change from Sunday being in the 50s. In fact, I think I saw Cincinnati recorded 64 degrees, and today being in the 20s, because, you know, weather. It's not blaming Ohio. It's not like the state can control it. It's not like Indiana's got perfect weather. Ohio, nah, it's just all the bad weather. Stop it. Anyway, the most important thing I'd like to talk about, you heard earlier about nominations in the Best of Dayton category. I very much appreciate your vote for the nomination, and if I get on the final ballot, I did last year, I'd appreciate another vote then. So please, please nominate this podcast because I do try my hardest to bring you Cincinnati and Dayton sports. Anyway, let's go on with high school football playoffs. Week 11, some upsets and some games you probably expected. But we're going to run through the entire list of local Sunday sports. And a couple of Northwest Ohio scores because Fooey on the line. Again, my coverage runs up to Lima because that's part of the Miami Valley. That's part of the major area of Dayton, Ohio. We'll start off with Division One, Region Two. Again, 
In case you haven't listened to this podcast before, in the state of Ohio for high school athletics, the smaller the number in your division, the bigger the school is. Meaning if you're in Division 7, you have a very tiny school. I'm not sure why I'm saying you. It's not like you own the school, but you get what I'm saying. Division 1, Region 2. Mostly Columbus schools, a few local area ones like Springfield and Northmont and Springboro. In fact, those are the three local teams that participated in the playoffs. Number one, Springfield and the Wildcats knock off number eight, Marysville, 23-0. That's a number one win over number eight. Number two, Toledo-Whitmer protects home turf against number seven, Northmont, 35-21. And Dublin-Jerome knocks off number five, Springboro, in five overtimes, 38-31. Tough loss for the Panthers there, but a very strong Celtics team. So what does that mean for week 12? Well, number one Springfield gets a date with number four Dublin Jerome, and this will be played at Marysville at Impact Stadium. And Talia Whitmer gets Dublin Kaufman, who won their three versus six matchup, at Finley Donnell Stadium. So there's one local team left in D1 Region 2. It's the Springfield Wildcats. Quite the year for head coach Maurice Douglas and the Wildcats. They got Double Jerome up next, possibly Dublin Kaufman or Toledo Whitmer in Week 13. Now we move on to Division One, Region 4. This is mostly, in fact, all Cincinnati schools. We start off with number one, St. X, knocking off number eight, Mason, 48-20. Fairfield knocking off fellow Greater Miami Conference foe in Hamilton, 37-13, the two versus seven. In the battle of three and six, Colerain flies over Princeton, 32-7. And number four, Elder, knocks off number five, Lakota West, 42-17. to Which sets up two rematches. This one for the Greater Miami Conference title in Week 10, Colerain won in OT, 16-10. This game will be played at Princeton, and it's number three, Colerain, versus number two, Fairfield. At Mason... You'll have the 101st matchup between the Elder Panthers, they're the four seed, against number one St. Xavier and the Bombers. Earlier this year, Elder took the regular season match away, 31-28. So one versus four, two versus three, no upsets there, but still two dynamite battles and regional semifinal play. We move on to Division Two, Region 7. One team got in this division and region. It was the Troy Trojans. And Troy got the three seed. They fell to number six, Olin Tangi and the Braves, 42 to 10. That sets up Olin Tangi versus number two, Anthony Wayne at Tiffin Columbian. So the Trojans knocked out by 32 points to the Braves. In division two, region eight, mostly Cincinnati schools. And mostly good results for local schools. We'll cover those now. As number one LaSalle takes care of number eight Little Miami, 42 to nothing. An upset. Previously undefeated Turpin and the Spartans. They fall at home to number seven St. Francis de Sales, 27-13. Number three Harrison. They keep Canal Winchester at bay with a 24-18 win at home. And Xenia's first trip in the playoffs ends in week 11. To number five, Walnut Ridge, 28-7. Walnut Ridge is, I believe, Northern Columbus. Not to be confused with Walnut Hills in Cincinnati. So why does that leave week 12? Well, at Bellbrook, you'll have Walnut Ridge taking on the LaSalle Lancers. And at Miami Trace, St. Francis de Sales gets Harrison. 
I should point out the Harrison game. That's the most points allowed by that team all year, 18. The second highest, I think, was 13 coming into the playoffs. So very stingy defense. Look forward to seeing all these finals. Now, Division 3, Region 11, this is the closest local team, London, which is technically not in the Miami Valley, but they're in a conference that is mostly in the Miami Valley, so that's why they get coverage. Plus, I saw London last year against Wyoming, and London got the move up one division. The Red Raiders, they last one week in the playoffs to number 1 Bishop Hartley, 14-8. to but nearby Jonathan Alder, the number two seeded Pioneers, they take care of number seven Sheridan, 35 to 13. What sets up Jonathan Alder taking on number three Jackson at Taze Valley, and Bishop Hartley gets Granville at Pataskala. We move on to Division Three, Region 12. At a rematch of a Week 10 battle between the Shabana Julian Eagles, they got the number one seed in D3 Region 12 against number 8 Kettering Alter. They need the win against CJ to get to the playoffs. And they knock off the Eagles once again. This time, Alter wins 10-7. Number 7 Trotwood Madison taking on number 2 Wapakoneta. And the Rams roll over the Redskins 33-21. Number 6 St. Mary's takes down Franklin on the road 14-10. And a rematch of a Week 1 matchup. Hamilton Baden taking on Ross. The Baden Rams 46 and the Ross Rams 14. So not quite the same result as the first time they met up this year, which was Ross winning 2019 and OT. This time Baden rolls and that sets up a battle at Monroe. Number four Baden, number eight Alter. That's a greater Catholic League battle for you fans. And number six St. Mary's gets number seven Trotwood Madison. At Sydney. Onwards to Division 4, Region 14. One local team we talk about. It's Ottawa Glandorf and the Titans. Number 6 seed. Roll over number 3, Galleon, 28-17. Which sets up a battle versus number 2, Wasion at Defiance. Now for Division 4, Region 16. Number 1, Wyoming. Remember, they were on a 41-game winning streak and defending their D4 state title. They start off on the right foot by knocking off number 8 Milton Union, 49-18. to And an upset, which is probably my least surprising upset. I'll tell you why in a minute. Number 7, Valley View, 42. Number 2, Clinton Massey, 28. Why is that not surprising? Not to belittle Clinton Massey nor Valley View, but... That's a pretty big series, Valley View, Clinton, Massey. And in fact, I think a couple years back was a series in the regular season. Great series, great matchups all the time. It seems like Valley View always has CM's number in the playoffs. I'm not saying the Spartans are undefeated against the Falcons in the playoffs, because I know that's not true. But a big win for the Spartans against a pretty familiar foe in the Falcons of Clinton, Massey. Number 6, Roger Bacon, 42. Number 3, Waynesville, 21. The Battle of the Spartans. And number 5, Indian Hill, 61. Number 4, Kenton, 32. Which sets up Week 12's matchup. At Princeton, you'll have a rematch of the Cincinnati Hills League title. Wyoming won it 21-18. As the Cowboys face Indian Hill and the Braves again. 
And hey, do you like a Battle of the Spartans? I heard you like a Battle of the Spartans. It's number six, Roger Bacon, and number seven, Valley View at Lakota West. Think. When has there ever been two straight battles of the same team name? Which I know, you know, eventually you see a lot of duplicates, but hey, that's kind of funny to me. Might not be for you, but there we go. Division 5, Region 20, a big achievement for Cincinnati Public Schools. As the Taft Sanders, the number one seed in 520, they knock off number 8 Blanchester 35-3. to Why is that big? Well, for the first time since 1993, according to WCPO, the ABC affiliate in Cincinnati, the first win in the playoffs for any Cincinnati Public School. Although I read an early report that said it was 1992, because I thought the school closed before 93. I'm talking about the Cincinnati Academy of Physical Education, or CAPE for short. They won a couple of state titles back then, and then I think they were caught cheating or recruiting, one of the two. Or maybe it's the same, who knows. And then they closed up shop in the early 90s. At least, that's what I remember. If you have the full history on that, or if I'm wrong, you know, Tell me at the normal addresses on social media. Number two, West Jefferson. They roll strong over Summit Country Day, 48-24. Number three, Springfield Shawnee defeats Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, 34-18. And number four, West Liberty Salem defeats number five, Madeira, 21-14. Closest matchup in 5-20. And if Madeira took that, I wouldn't have been surprised. That's a very solid Mustangs team who constantly look up at Wyoming and Indian Hill. So what's that set up? It's another 1-4 versus 2-3 matchup. In Miamisburg, Ohio Star City, you have number one Taft taking on number four West Liberty Salem. And at London is number three Springfield Shawnee taking on number two West Jefferson. Not too far away from West Jefferson. And to be honest, not that far away from Springfield Shawnee, but little hike on 70. Now for Region 23 in Division 6. There are the Midwest Athletic Conference schools here. But first, a big upset, 8 versus 1. Fairview edges out Lima Central Catholic, who are independent up north, 29-27. Liberty Center takes down Allen East, 43-12. Archbold ends Coldwater season, 27-21. And Anna flies over Minster, 47-21. Setting up the Rockets of Anna at Wapakoneta against Fairview. And Liberty Center has Archbold at Napoleon. We move downwards to Division 6, Region 24. Dayton Christian, they were held in check by Southeastern of Chillicothe, 40-3. Mechanicsburg with a 32-7 win over Adena, an upset in the hands of the Indians. And Covington, 33, Worthington Christian, 27, in the 4 versus 5 battle. That will set up the Covington Buccaneers, taking on Southeastern at Xenia's Doug Adams Stadium. And Grandview Heights will welcome in Mechanicsburg at Hilliard Derby in the battle of 6 versus 7. And lastly, in football playoffs, Division 7, Region 28. Again, Division 7 being the smallest in Ohio High School Athletics for football. New Bremen with a big statement upset. They're the eight-seeded Cardinals. They roll over number one New Miami 45-15. 
Vikings came into the season 10-0, and nine of those 10 victories counted for OHSAA points. Landmark Christian did not. They're a club team, so therefore they're not counting that. But there you go. An undefeated season ended in the hands of the Cardinals. Marion Local flying over Mississinawa Valley, 56-6 in the 2-versus-7. In the 3-versus-6, Fort Loramie continues to roll. Redskins 61, Harden Northern 7. And the 4-versus-5, Cincinnati College Prep making their first ever trip to the playoffs. They were shut out by Lima Perry and the Commodores, 44-0. So Week 12 looks like this. It's a 5-8 and eight battle at Piqua. Number five, Lima Perry taking on number eight, New Bremen. And a two versus three, Fort Loramie versus Marion Local at St. Mary's Memorial. That's it. That's your football playoffs, week 11, on to week 12. And every week until we crown state title winners for football, the number's going to keep going down. That's how eliminations work, I know. But it's a little sad. Because it felt like we just started football like two weeks ago. And now here comes all this snow. By the way, we got snow. And the cold. And hey, it's week 12 already in football playoffs. Season runs into the 15th week. 15th week is the state title games. Which I think are at Tom Benson Field. The Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. Which I think is really cool. Although Columbus is more central. And yes, playing at Ohio Stadium. Pretty big deal. But still, you're... I still like to see it maybe one day, you know, the NFL stadiums have a couple of those games, you know, split them up. If it's an up north battle, keep it in Cleveland. If it's down south, put it in Cincinnati. Or, you know, playing in Columbus. I don't have a big problem with Canton, Ohio. I get people's arguments saying everything's up north, nothing's down here. I mean, yeah, I get that, but still, it's where the Hall of Fame game is. We move on to state champions. Almost all the fall sports have crowned champions. We'll start off with volleyball for Division Two. Bishop Fedwick took the title at Wright State. And in Division Four, it's New Bremen. Which, yes, I know, not technically Southwest Ohio, but they're in the Miami Valley. So therefore, they're talked about in this podcast. Because again, I talk about Dayton and Cincinnati sports. But yeah, New Bremen took down Fort Loramie in a rivalry that spans, what is that, eight miles? Eight minutes? Something like that? It's pretty close. There you go. So congrats out to the Cardinals of New Bremen and the Falcons of Bishop Fenwick for winning these state titles at Wright State University's Nutter Center, which I think is so cool that the volleyball state title games are at Wright State. Beautiful scenery there. A little different to see volleyball in the main gym compared to McLean Gymnasium, where the Raiders play. But, hey, that's still really cool, being able to use the main gym for that. In girls' soccer, there are three champs hailing from Southwest Ohio. For Division One, you have Lakota West and the Firebirds. Division Two, you have the Alternites. And Division Three, Cincinnati Country Day and the Indians. In boys' soccer, Division Two. Tippecanoe rolls through. Remember, I had the call of Tip versus Wyoming. I was a little bit saddened when Wyoming lost, meaning that I wasn't on the call for another playoff soccer game. But you got to hand it to Tip. Very strong team, and they take the state title. And cross country, 
For boys in Division One, it's St. Xavier, and in Division Three, it's Summit Country Day, both hailing from the Cincinnati area. And Division One for girls, the Beaver Creek Beavers win the titles. Congrats to all those schools for pulling down a state championship. You do your schools proud. On the other side of the break, we'll talk a little bit about other scores, college football, and yes, I'm going to have to talk about the Bengals' loss to the Ravens. Don't you go anywhere. This podcast rolls on with part two of episode 123. This is the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Hey, listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday sports podcast? Visit the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday sports gear by T Public. You know, if I play my cards right... I might be able to keep this episode under an hour. Wow, that'd be a first since probably the week before high school football began at Ohio. Anyway, there are two ways I can go for part two of this episode. I can rip off the bandage now and talk about that horrific Bengals loss, or I can slowly get to there by covering the local college's football scores and then get to that Bengals loss. I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid now and talk about the Bengals' loss because it makes me kind of upset. And this season is not good. If I had a Band-Aid, I'd rip it off and I'd scream in the mic right now, but I don't. So there you go. I am going to start off with the other NFL scores first. We'll start off with a nice 17-12 win for the Steelers over the Los Angeles Rams of Los Angeles. The Miami Dolphins win their second in a row. They defeat Indianapolis 16-12. to Or as some fans might say, the Miami Dolphins are ruining their own tank. The Cleveland Browns pick up a nice 19-16 win over the Buffalo Bills. I had the opportunity to listen to it on my little cheap radio on 95.7 FM in the local area. Very well-deserved win for the Browns. They won it on a touchdown the last drive and held Buffalo. To no points in their last drive. In fact, Hoska went for a field goal that was over 50 yards, and he missed it. Third win for Cleveland on the year. And finally, the Baltimore Ravens, 49, and the Cincinnati Bengals, 13. I have in quotes right next to that score, are you sure you want me to talk about this loss? I'm going to have to. Unfortunately, normally NFL has a link for the scorebook, which is just like a big, big packet of stats that I read through. I couldn't find it this time around. It wants me to watch the game again, and I question why, because I saw the score updates. I listened to pretty much the rest of the second half after getting in the car for my soccer match. So I will start off with the positives. I found stats on Bengals.com to talk about. The Bengals only have one penalty whistled against them. The running game, there was actually someone that got 100 yards, and the team is actually picking up a running game. You know, 10 weeks too late, but hey. Joe Mixon got 114 yards, the first rusher with 100-plus yards for Cincinnati this year. Hard to believe I know. And Ryan Finley 
could have looked a lot worse. That is about all I have to say. Oh, entire Eifert got a touchdown. Two catches, 20 yards, and one TD. That is all the positives I can think about. Lamar Jackson, who I think will be a great quarterback, possibly even elite in the NFL. He ran over the Bengals for 65 yards on the ground and one rushing touchdown and threw for a perfect quarterback rating. 223 yards, no picks, only missed two passes. 15 of 17, three touchdowns. Yeah. Lamar Jackson had another heyday. And like I said, that guy's good. You won't see me saying, oh, Lamar Jackson sucks. There, there are people out there that say that. Probably not in that voice, but there you go. I, I think Jackson's gonna have a nice career with Baltimore. I like what he brings to the table. I think he's a heck of an athlete. Problem is, if you're a Bengals fan, he's not on the Bengals team. I will mention that the Bengals outpossessioned the Ravens by time-wise. 36 minutes, 11 seconds for Cincinnati. 23 minutes, 49 seconds for Baltimore. Again, that final score was Ravens 49, Bengals 13. So yeah, about, about 12 to 13 minutes less. And, oh, what is that? 36 more points. 14 in the first and second quarters for Baltimore for 28 to 10 halftime score. 21 points in the third and eventually handing it off to Robert Griffin the third. Yeah. You could say, you know, May Day, which I think it's hilarious. I still like that the Bengals have one penalty for five yards. That's pretty tough to do. One penalty for five yards against you. Baltimore had a fairly clean game. I mean, 35 yards, 5 penalties. That's not awful. If you think about it. Total net yards. Ravens 379. Bengals 307. So that number is close, which should have went on the positive side. But I already mentioned that. That's all I had to say. I still disagree with benching Andy Dalton. But Ryan Finley comes in. 167 yards, a touchdown, one interception, 16 of 30. So a little over 50% passing. I never thought Andy Dalton was the problem. I mean, if you do, then that's okay. That's how you think. But offensive line, um, yeah, there's only so many times I can say offensive line. I mean, that's going to really have to be looked at this upcoming draft. And I hope the Bengals actually get a line that's able to help out for 2020. Because another 0-9 start to the season isn't going to cut it. In fact, the Bengals have lost 11 straight, which is tied for the worst streak ever. They lost, what was it, the last game of 1992 season, and then lost the first 10 in 1993. Yeah, the 90s were not a good time for the Bengals. Once Paul Brown died, it was not a good time. I mentioned Lamar Jackson did it on the ground and through the air. Four total touchdowns with the arms of Jackson. Mark Ingram also picked up a rushing touchdown. Nine carries, 34 yards. On the other side, Mixon, 114 yards, 30 rushes. Like I mentioned, I think the Bengals... <sighs> I mean, it's still not great. One 100-plus-yard 100 100 rusher 
And your second closest is the quarterback, 22 yards, 5 keeps for Ryan Finley. Erickson, 1 keep, 13 yards. Bernard, 4 rushes, 8 yards. Your second streak running back only gets 8 yards and 4 rushes. I mean, you could say at least they're feeding Mixon the ball, which, yeah, that happened, but still. Receiving-wise, I mentioned Tyler Eifert got the lone Bengals touchdown. Two catches, 20 yards. Boyd led all by yardage, six catches, 62 yards. 37 yards, two catches for Mixon. Tate with 36 yards, three catches. Stanley Morgan Jr., nine yards, one catch. Drew Sample, three yards, one catch. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw me posting it on Twitter, but Auden Tate and Golden Tate, they have basically the same name because AU is the chemical name for gold. Golden Tate, Auden Tate, Golden. Yeah, that's funny. Hey, I'm trying to think of nice things to say, but there you go. Six catches, 53 yards, two touchdowns for Andrews. I believe that's Marquise Brown, four catches, 80 yards, one touchdown. 78 yards, four catches for Boyle. Hurst with 20 yards on two catches. And Sneed, 12 yards, two catches. 0-9. And Cincinnati's now got to hit the West Coast to take on the Oakland Raiders. Which may be the last season the Raiders are in Oakland, California. Raiders are doing a bit better compared to last year. Still can't believe the Raiders beat Pittsburgh last year. Watching urinating trees, highlights on that always gives me a laugh. But, yeah, relief. When is it coming for Cincinnati? I mean, you could argue that New York Jets are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They picked up a win against their New York foe, the Giants, this week. So I believe that's their second win. Yeah, Bengals still without a win. Only team without a win. Cincinnati and Oakland will be the 425 game. And you can hear it at your normal stations. It lists the Cincinnati 1, 700 WLW, 1530 ESPN, and 102.7 FM WEBN. In Dayton, it's 104.7 FM. It's also on CBS. And then home against Pittsburgh and then the Jets. Two home games after the Oakland match, and then the first Battle of Ohio in Cleveland, in the former Factory of Sadness. I'm calling it the former Factory of Sadness because at least there was promise. They picked up their third win on Sunday. Keep thinking it was yesterday, but today's Tuesday. There you go. Home against the Pats at Miami, home against Cleveland. You know, I I did have a bit of hope for these Bengals in the preseason. Sure, one and three isn't great, but it's preseason. You're more trying to figure out who's on your first team and who's going to back up. I, I the only thing is the Jets game is at home in Cincinnati, which is great. But I question if the Bengals can even take that win from the Jets. I'm not asking for the Bengals to tank or throw away their tank. I just want a win. I don't want an 0-16 season. Cincinnati, do you really want an 0-16 season? 
Do you want to join the likes of that Detroit Lions team and the Cleveland Browns team that couldn't win in 17 weeks? I don't. I don't like the sound of that. And don't throw me this whole, but, but, parade. I don't care. The only parade I want to go to in Cincinnati, well, there's a couple of them when the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Not this year, but eventually. And opening day. That's the only parades I want to be a part of in Cincinnati, or if FC Cincinnati has one. Cyclones have any parades? There you go. I don't want to see an 0-16 Bengals season, but that Jets game is probably the closest chance for a win. Now, if the Bengals play well in Oakland, then maybe, but I don't know. Oakland's playing decent. Not great, but, you know, not like the Bengals. I mean, this is week 10 of the football season, and we're talking about Joe Mixon's the first Bengal to get 100 yards. And going back to the previous Baltimore game, where the Ravens only won 23-17, and then Baltimore runs crazy for 49 points in three quarters in Cincinnati. It's it's tough to th- see the Bengals suffer this much. And it hurts talking about it week after week because I was hoping by now maybe a couple wins would hatch up. Nope. Not the case after 10 weeks. Nine losses for the Bengals. And again, Oakland will welcome Cincinnati Sunday at 425 Eastern Time. It's 125 out there in California, but again... CBS on TV or in Cincinnati at 700 or 1530 a.m. or 102.7 FM in Cincy or 104.7 FM in Dayton. So, yeah. Bengals another loss, and this one is, you could argue it's one of the worst ones just because 49 points put on you after three quarters. And the only thing the Bengals can muster in the fourth is a field goal. At least Randy Bullock's got a streak of 11 straight with a made field goal, which is great. But how about a Bengals win? That's what I want to talk about. And finally, we cap off football with college. There is a good football team in Cincinnati. It's not the Bengals. And I'm not talking about the high school teams that have made it on through the playoffs. I'm talking about the UC Bearcats. Ranked number 17. They handled UConn 48-3. to Normally, UConn spells trouble. Actually, it spells UConn, but you get what I'm saying. Normally, the Huskies give the Bearcats a good fight. Not this year. 45-point win for UC. The Bearcats keep rolling along. Just the one loss to that team in Columbus. Mentioned Miami's win last week. They get to host Bowling Green tomorrow, Wednesday. They beat Ohio 24-21. The Red Hawks just need one more win for bowl eligibility, which is great news, and currently leading the Mac East with their 4-1 conference record. That's pretty big. Mount St. Joseph gets off their slide. They defeat Anderson in Indiana, with Mount St. Joseph winning against the Ravens 76-46. The Dayton Flyers fly high over Marist 59-35. Wittenberg claws out a 43-27 win over Canyon. Wilmington picks up their second win of the year. They defeat Windless Capital, 41-34. Fairmont State hands Urbana their third loss in the year, 31-7 at Urbana. 
Kentucky State edges out Central State 34-28. And number eight, Cumberlands, or University of the Cumberlands, I believe is the official name. They defeat Thomas Moore 45-31. I should also mention, it is a sad day because I was going to see, you know, Cincinnati Christian Athletics website, which I know CCU is closed after this semester, but it, it transferred me to the front page of CCU saying we're going to be partnering with that college, which I forgot, Central Bible, Central College of the Bible, something like that. I think there's three C's in there, but you get what I'm saying. It's sad to see Cincinnati Christian go under. Because those athletes, they wanted to show off their showcasing. They wanted to show off them being athletes, which is great. And I like talking about Cincinnati Christian, the Eagles. It was nice to talk about their first ever wins in football history. But they're gone. Which is very sad to see. Like I mentioned, their athletics page bounces right back to the front page saying about the new partnership. So there you go. College scores. And lastly, we'll talk about soccer. That's right. Men's soccer, both Wright State and Dayton, they're getting underway for the conference tournament. And both teams will be playing in the semis of their respective conferences. The Dayton Flyers, they were the three seed in the A-10. They knocked off LaSalle at home 4-0. A pair of goals for Kingsford Ajay, former Dayton Dutch Lion, and Jonas Fjellberg, also another former Dayton Dutch Lion. They get three of the four goals in the Flyers' shutout victory. Last fall match for years truly at home, as now UD takes on VCU, a team that took down the Flyers on the road in overtime 2-1. They'll play at Fordham. Wright State on the other side. They were close to getting a home quarterfinal match, but it turns out they were tied with Green Bay, who beat them in the regular season on the road. So Green Bay welcomed in Wright State. And the Raiders get a 1-0 win at UWGB. As Ids Hanema, a freshman at WSU, he scores in the 10th minute on a really wicked curve in the net over the Green Bay goalie's hands. And that will set up Wright State in the semifinals against Oakland, a team that also knocked off Wright State in overtime, this time by 3-2 Golden Grizzlies margin. And this will be played on the campus of the University of Illinois at Chicago, the number one seeded Flames host the semis and final. Hard to believe soccer's winding down. Volleyball, the Flyers are still cruising through the A-10. And Wright State's volleyball team picked sixth in the Horizon League. Better double-check this, but the last time I did, they were in first place. They picked up a pair of impressive home victories against Milwaukee and Green Bay. We talked about that last week. But they also pick up a road win at Cleveland State, and they beat UIC at home on senior night in four. And now the Raiders have two road matches remaining. Pulling up volleyball horizonleague.org Wright State and Green Bay are tied for first. Raiders on a six match winning streak, 22 and 4 overall. Milwaukee on a two game slide, they're now in second place. Scratch it, third place. Green Bay is tied for first. Phoenix 19 and 7, Raiders 22 and 4. We'll pull up both schedules to tell you. Like I mentioned, Wright State's got two road matches remaining. 
on Friday at Youngstown State, believe that's Friday, and Saturday at Oakland. Two teams that Wright State beat at home. In fact, Wright State went undefeated at home in their tournament and Horizon League play. Raiders beat Oakland in three sets at home and Youngstown State in three sets at home. But road matches, it took the Raiders a while, I think, Four or five matches to, actually I guess three matches because those three losses were at UIC and the Wisconsin schools, Milwaukee and Green Bay. It took the Raiders until the fourth road match to pick up a away Horizon League win, but I think it's easily doable for the Raiders. However, Oakland is hanging on to seed number six in the volleyball tournament play. They're seven and seven. Youngstown State is ninth at two and twelve. You can't look past these opponents, but it does look good for the Wright State Raiders. Now for Green Bay, they have two matches left, like Wright State, but they have one at home, one away. The Phoenix will host UIC on Thursday. And then at Saturday, travel to Milwaukee. Green Bay, Milwaukee. If you're a Wright State fan, you hope the Raiders go 2-0. And if Green Bay loses, that would mean Wright State's the number one seed. Meaning, volleyball will be hosted at Wright State. I, I, I can't say enough. We have two great Division I volleyball programs in Dayton. The Flyers and the Raiders. It's very exciting to see, and I, I really hope Wright State can pull it off and host. I would think that Wright State, even if Green Bay went 2-0, I think Wright State might get to host that anyway, because the Raiders and Phoenix split. Green Bay won there, Wright State won here. But I'm not sure. Might be a good possibility that Wright State gets to host the volleyball tournament. And I kind of hope that is the case. Double-check to make sure... It's not, oh, we're just hosting at this place, like the Atlantic 10 does. Looking through it, yeah, number one seed gets to host not only the semis and championship, but the quarterfinals as well. Two matches on that Friday, November 22nd at the number one seed. Two matches on that Saturday at the number one seed. Championship that Sunday at the number one seed. It's very possible. And hopefully next week we'll get to talk a little bit more about it. Maybe yours truly's fall schedule isn't over like I previously thought it would be, which would be pretty darn outstanding. I think that wraps up episode number 123 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Again, any nomination helps out. We'll play that promo again for the Best of Dayton 2019 poll. Be great for a local Dayton podcast that talks about local sports to win a local award. And I don't know why I'm yelling local at you. You can clearly hear. You've been listening to me all this time, hopefully. Next week, hopefully, there will be a pretty cool preview about upcoming basketball. I know college basketball is starting in the area. The Flyers went 1-0. They held on against Indiana State in their rechristening of UD Arena. Raiders 2-0, they beat Central State at home in a series that hasn't been played in the regular season since 1990. 
1991, one of those two years. And the Raiders picked up a very impressive road win at Miami. Cincinnati's doing well, Xavier's doing well. The Musketeers are 2-0, and they'll face another 2-0 and team in Mizzou, which is Missouri, and the Tigers. I think that's tonight, possibly tomorrow. I'll probably try to catch it on ESPN+. Plus. Which, by the way, Disney Plus is out. If you don't know about that bundle, if you don't have ESPN Plus yet, you can get Hulu with ads, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus for a really good bundle price. I think it's like $12.99 a month. Like I mentioned, ESPN Plus, you get NHL, USL, Horizon League, and A10. So you get to watch those games. Although some of them sneak over to ESPN3, which you need a cable subscription for, but hey, you get to watch games on ESPN+. Plus. I'm pretty excited to have that feature. Next week, Week 12, high school football playoff scores and basketball. We'll talk more for Episode 124, but we're wrapping up 123 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. This is Lee W. Mallon signing off. Talk to you again next week. Hey listeners, do you enjoy the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast? How about nominating this for the best local podcast in Dayton, Ohio? Visit Dayton.com slash Best of Dayton, click on the nominate button, choose the entertainment category, scroll down to Best Local Podcast, then type The Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and finish with a click on the nominate. It's free and just requires your email address. Every nomination helps. The nomination process runs from November 11th until December 15th, 2019. If there's enough nominations, this podcast will run on another poll starting in January 2020. Let people know that you enjoyed the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, made proudly in Dayton, Ohio, proudly covering local Cincinnati and Dayton sports. The Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the LeeWMowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon, and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app. Then search for the local Sunday Sports Group to submit your future Mowans mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowan, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.